Welcome to the Muscles and Veggies Fitness Podcast. This is where you get nutrition, health, fitness, performance, all perfectly packaged together with a nice little neat bow on top to help educate and motivate you to stay on or start your fitness journey. Today we are talking about a topic that may sound a little funny, and it's about fear and how fear is oftentimes a good motivator. Why do I say that? Well, it's simple. Over the years, I watch people who want to start personal training or they want to start a nutrition plan and they ask me questions and oftentimes what elicits or what's the catalyst for them to contemplate change, most of the time it's something that has happened to them like an ailment, a symptom, maybe it's a diagnosis from a doctor, maybe they put on 30 pounds, uh, maybe they're struggling with anxiety or depression, <clears throat> excuse me, and this is motivating them to make a change in their lifestyle. And if you're listening to this show, you probably already have made some changes and you want to continue making those changes. You're probably not sitting in the drive-thru of McDonald's right now going to get a double cheeseburger, you know. Uh, you're, you're probably listening to this because you want to make better changes. So I thought I would share with you some of my healthy fears and the stats behind some of these things because I think it's important to constantly remind ourselves uh, repetition is the mother of all learning. So it, reminding ourselves of these fears on why we want to live a healthy lifestyle I think is a good thing. So, you know, if you think about, we don't have to wait until it's too late. We can make small adjustments now to avoid negative outcomes. For example, you know, eating what you know is not good for you and never exercising is similar to driving your car and never doing any regular maintenance. And basically, you're just waiting for something to happen to that car because you know I'm never doing any maintenance and then once the car you know something breaks now you're gonna take it to the shop now you're going to um, make a change but you're gonna have to change out the entire part of whatever's broken rather than just doing some regular maintenance and making the life of your car go longer and longer. So have you ever experienced the anxiety of driving around hearing a noise in your car and you're like, man, that ain't good. That noise is not good. It's not a good feeling, right? You know something is probably going to break soon. Well, our bodies need to be cared for regularly. We know it. We're not ignorant to that fact. And day in and day out, look at what the human body can withstand. I think about my past with drugs and alcohol and smoking cigarettes and all these things, and it's like, man, like what humans are capable of putting their bodies through and their bodies keep coming back is unbelievable. The ability for the human body to adapt to the stresses we put it through is simply an amazing feat of creation, in my opinion. So our bodies need to be regularly cared for. And that, that doesn't mean that's perfect. It doesn't mean that we perfectly care for our body, but you know, we also wanna do some regular things, and that's what last show was about, the five simple tips from last week um, that, that un, they, they make things less complicated, but they're just five simple tips that 
um, will help us to, on the regular, make better decisions. So go back and listen to that show if you haven't listened to that already. But I wanted to talk about on today's show the fears that motivate me. All right. So we're going to go through these these top four things that I'm constantly are in the back of my mind that you know whatever I'm decisions I'm making today are ROI or return on investment for my future self 10 years, 15, 20 years down the road. The number one thing I had on my list, the number one killer in the world, cardiovascular disease, heart attack, stroke. Um, this makes up 58% of all deaths in the United States. 58%, almost 60% of every death that happens in the United States has something to do with cardiovascular heart disease. Um, stroke, heart attack, um, high blood pressure, high cholesterol, you know, kind of these things all make up this whole genre, right? Why does this on, on my list and probably the number one thing? Well, my grandpa died of a heart attack, uh, my grandma died of a heart attack, and others in my family also have a history of heart problems or heart attack and stroke. Um, so that's my number one thing. I'm always looking out for my heart health. Uh, there's a lot of nuances to this topic. I don't have time to go on them today, but just here's some simple guidelines that you can protect yourself against this number one killer. Um, eliminate processed foods, okay? Eliminate processed foods and exercise regularly. So let's talk about these two things very quickly. Exercising regularly expands and contracts your arterial walls. Uh, it also strengthens the heart muscle. Okay, the more you use it, the less likely you are to lose it. Okay, so expanding and contracting those arterial walls keeps them pliable and flexible, and that protects you against high blood pressure because if the arterial walls are tight, hardening, they can't expand and contract, then that makes your blood pressure go up. It's simple plumbing, right? We, we understand that concept. And then also, not eating processed foods, sugar, inflammatory foods, things like that, that also keeps the blood volume more viscosity, like more um, less clotting, less thickness, and easier to flow, okay? So we're, we're literally thinking about plumbing when we're, when we're thinking about this. Hydrating, we did an episode, three episodes back, all on hydration. That also helps things flow better. Your blood viscosity and your water volume. Remember, our bodies are like 80 to 90% water, so we have to focus on hydration. Those are the two main things we can do on a regular basis without freaking out, right? I like to see labs in between. Um, you know, cholesterol is not as important as long as your good cholesterol is high, your HDL, and then your triglycerides are low. So in other words, we want about a one-to-one -one ratio between triglycerides and HDL. So if, in other words, if your HDL is around 70 and your triglycerides are also under 100, that's really close to a one-to-one -one ratio of triglycerides to HDL. What you don't want to see is like a 30 or 40 HDL and then like a 300 triglyceride. That's like, you know, whew, that's like a 10-to-1 triglycerides to HDL ratio. And that's that's a heart attack waiting to happen, in my opinion, based on the research. So those are some simple guidelines. I'm not as focused on total cholesterol as you may think. Um, 
In fact, 45% of all heart attacks happen with people who are under 150 LDL cholesterol. So think about that for a second. You know, 45% of all heart attacks happen in people who have a low cholesterol level. Okay, let's go on to number two, cancer. 1,600 people a day die in the U.S. from cancer. Uh, cancer has risen by 75% compared to the 1800s. So there's obviously some things in our environment or food system, um, chemicals that have changed in the last 100, 120 years since the 1800s. Uh, cancer has skyrocketed, okay? Uh, why am I concerned about this? Well, my mom died of cancer. Her dad died of cancer. And I have other... Um, distant relatives on that side of the family who also have died of cancer. So this is something that is near and dear to me. I hate the C word. Um, cancer, believe it or not, and heart attack both have a genetic component. But one thing you guys know who have been listening to this show for a long time is I believe that genetics loads the gun, lifestyle pulls the trigger. Okay, Genetics loads the gun, but it is lifestyle that pulls the trigger. So yeah, I have heart attack and cancer on both sides of my family, my dad's side and my mom's side, right? However, I am not destined to have either one of those things because my lifestyle does not pull the trigger to let those genetics express themselves. That's what we call epigenetics, uh, the ability to alter our genetics by our lifestyle. And you can look that up if you're not familiar with that term. And cancer and heart attack, I fully believe are to have major lifestyle components. So just briefly to touch on cancer, to give you my opinion on this, uh, oftentimes people will ask me my opinion on cancer. How do we develop cancer? How does cancer happen? Well, guess what? I think all of us have some level of cancer going on right now. Um, the, the thing is, this may be a shocking statement too, but the thing is, is that our T killer cells, our immune system are constantly scavenging for cancer. But if your immune system is bogged down by inflammation, too much chemical exposure, um, bad hormones, bad metabolism, um, like obesity, diabetes, any of these inflammatory conditions, right? Your immune system is already bogged down by those things then you have less T killer cells. You have less of an immune system that is constantly scavenging for cancer and then eventually cancer gets out of control, okay? So um, that's my opinion on cancer. There's underlying conditions that exacerbate the immune system and then cancer develops. So if, in other words, if we constantly are cleaning house, we're constantly uh, detoxing, we're constantly eating healthy foods, keeping inflammation low, uh, keeping a robust immune system, you will keep cancer at bay because your immune system, your T killer cells in most cases, will keep up with these cancerous cells reproduction and it won't let them happen. Okay. Any questions on that? Let me know. I'll do a whole episode just on cancer and what I would do if I had cancer. Okay. Um, let's go on to number three, diabetes. All right, I'm, I'm, this is a fear, a healthy fear of mine. I'm always kind of looking out for blood sugar regulation. Why? Well, this is from the CDC. 37 million Americans, 12% of the population have diabetes. 96 million Americans, over 33% of the population have prediabetes. 80% of that number, 80% of that 96 million people, they don't even know that they have high blood, high blood sugar. They don't even know that they have prediabetes. All right. I mean, this is a no brainer. Like 
all the population that we see consuming fast food, drinking soda, eating junk food, in most cases, 90% of cases, they're already overweight, obese, or morbidly obese. Um, and diabetes is a killer, man. This is like in the top three or four um, worldwide killers is tied to diabetes. And most of diabetes that we see is not type one, it's type two. And type two is the preventative kind of di diabetes. In other words, it's the kind of diabetes that we give to ourselves as humans, not the type that is autoimmune uh, or genetic as of type one, okay? So diabetes, uh, although I don't really have a lot of people in my family that have diabetes, I know the importance of managing our blood sugar and our blood sugar um, can ease, this is like one of the easiest things to reverse if we pay attention to what we put in our mouth, all right? Um, is when it comes to type two diabetes, we have so many different things we can do when it comes to eating whole real foods, uh, eating low glycemic foods, exercise is huge, weightlifting and muscle mass is huge to prevent against diabetes, all right? So you think about these first three we've mentioned, heart attack, cancer, diabetes, what do they all three have in common? Lifestyle. Lifestyle is a preventative, okay? Not pharmaceuticals. Yes, pharmaceuticals will help cancer. Yes, pharmaceuticals will help heart attack in some cases and diabetes. It will help you manage your blood sugar. But these are only band-aids to the real problem. The real problem lies in our lifestyle. So I'm not telling you that uh, pharmaceuticals in these cases are bad. All I'm saying is that lifestyle should be the number one thing that we change in all three of these cases, all right? And, but the sad part is, the extremely sad part is, is most doctors, not all, but most doctors will tell you that it, this is these are all things that our lifestyle won't really help in especially with heart attack and cancer. More doctors are getting hip to the fact that diabetes can be altered um, by lifestyle changes and eating less sugar and you know, things like that. But um, heart attack and cancer, most, most of the time they're like, no, it doesn't matter what you eat. Oh, just eat less red meat. You know, that's about all they say. So I wanna talk about our number four though. This is probably the scariest one to me um, personally Alzheimer's and dementia. Okay, it's the seven leading cause of death uh, according to the World Health Organization worldwide. Now, six million Americans currently have Alzheimer's and dementia, and that number has been doubling every decade for the last three or four decades. Okay, so the, the amount, think about that, what I just said. The number has been doubling every decade for the last three or four decades. So this is actually a problem with Alzheimer's and dementia that is rapidly spiraling out of control. Why is this so scary? Why do we wanna change our lifestyle to make sure that uh, we're preventing against Alzheimer's and dementia? Well, it's simple. I don't wanna lose my mind and I don't want anybody to have to take care of me. I wanna be able to take care of myself as the years go on and I don't want to uh, leave my care in the, in the hands of strangers or others, okay? Uh, my grandmother died of Lewy body dementia, but she was also 93 years old. So um, it's not like she got dementia at 73 like my mother-in-law, okay? Um, that's a huge difference. 
And so, although it was still debilitating and sad, and um, my family actually, my aunts, God bless them, they, uh, you know, they took care of my grandmother, and she never had to go into a nursing home. But unlike uh, my mother-in-law, who is currently in a nursing home at 73 with dementia, 73. Okay, so this is huge, huge, huge uh, preventative thing that we can you know, keep on our radar all the time. And here's some simple tips with Alzheimer's and dementia. Number one, you gotta regulate your blood sugar because Alzheimer's and dementia, you can look this up, they're calling it type three diabetes. So um, it's actually a blood sugar dysregulation in the brain. And blood sugar in the, in the brain actually kills neurons in high levels. That's why it's, it's similar to neuropathy in the feet or the hands or the eyes in a diabetic. Um, high levels of blood sugar in the brain kills off neurons, kills off sections of the brain. And they do that when they look at brain, brain scans, you can see areas of the brain uh, that are dying, just like cocaine or heroin kills, sugar does the same thing, okay? So they literally compare it to uh, a hard drug user. The, the brains look the exact same when they scan them, all right? So we have to manage blood sugar. Exercise is a huge component because exercise actually develops in the brain what's called BDNF, brain-derived neurotropic factor. This is like miracle grow for your brain. And lifting weights, running, exercise, any type of physical activity, part of the benefit that you get from that is a lower, um, better mood, lower anxiety. You get these feel-good neurotransmitters that are like, they literally are like miracle grow for your neurons in your brain and keep your brain fresh and active. And what's interesting is for you guys that have people with Alzheimer's and dementia that you know or have known, um, think about how often you see you saw them exercise through their lifestyle. Most people that have Alzheimer's and dementia they don't exercise regularly. Maybe they walked, but that's about it. But we need exercise on a regular basis. Um, that actually play, sport, exercise, all those things uh, elicit these brain growing chemicals, uh, the pharmacology that's naturally in our head. So we can prevent uh, also by obviously meat, fish, fowl, nut, seed, fruit, veg, whole real foods, managing our blood sugar, exercise three biggest things you can do to prevent against alzheimer's and dementia all right today's episode is brought to you by thorn test i want to tell you guys about thorn testing thorn has a ton of tests that you can look at some of these areas in your life and see where they need to be optimized for instance there's a, a gut health test there's a thyroid test there's a sleep test there's a weight management and metabolism test. There's a stress test, a menopause test, a fertility test, a vitamin D test. You can even test your biological age based on what your genetics look like under these testing parameters. So they'll look at um, some, some genetic factors and they'll actually tell you what your biological age is. Um, not your physiological age, like mine is 38, okay? Hopefully I have a biological age of about 25. That would be excellent, right? So a pretty cool test, but Thorn offers these tests. If you wanna take part in any of these tests, you can simply just order them at home. All you have to do is shoot me an email, say, Zach, I wanna join 
the listener client inv invite list and I will shoot you an invite. You can join uh, the invite list for supplement discounts up to 25% all of the time, every time you log in. And then you can also order these tests as well. And they get shipped to your home and then you ship them back and then your results get shipped back to you within 10 to 14 business days after that. So pretty cool at-home testing. Um, just so you guys know, Thorn is actually being used by the Mayo Clinic. So these are the best supplements in the game, best testing uh, that's going on right now at home. But listen, all of these things are not meant to scare people. Uh, I'm not trying to, you know, monger fear or anything like that. These are, these are healthy motivators. We want to keep an eye on these top four things, heart attack, cancer, diabetes, Alzheimer's, and dementia. They help us to make better decisions. They help us to make better lifestyle changes. If you have been struggling to make it to go exercise, start small. Start exercising 10 or 15 minutes at home. When you've been successful for that three times per week for two weeks, okay, now make a goal to go to the gym two times this week and exercise once at home, okay? Um, if you have been struggling to eat healthier, all right, own your Monday through Friday. If you deviate a little bit on the weekend, that's okay. We're gonna do that. In fact, I want you to do that. I don't want people to be so rigid that they never deviate outside of you know, healthy eating. That's not healthy either, and I've been there. Okay, it's called orthorexia. So, you know, owning your Monday through Friday, simple changes. Uh, go back and listen to my episode uh, last week about Fitness doesn't have to be so complicated and my five tips surrounding that and listen to that show. But that's all the time we have today. We're already almost at 22 minutes. Uh, thank you guys for listening to the podcast. Please do me a favor. We're about to end. As soon as this ends, get on Google, type in Muscles and Veggies Fitness. When you see my little Google Places pop up, hit the Reviews tab and leave me a review. I don't really care if people leave reviews on the, the player, so to speak. I mean, that's great if you do, but what really helps is if you leave a Google review because that helps people find my personal training services, which I'm trying to grow here in Northwest Arkansas, Fayetteville. So until next time, this is Zach with Muscles and Veggies Fitness, hoping you have a wonderful day.